Are we going to clap too? Yeah. Good. Five. Five. Oh, four. four three, three. Two. One. one. Oh, you were miles out. I wasn't actually. But that'll do. Okay. Shall I start? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is, this is weird. It, I already feel bad. I overspoke your this is. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Can you explain to the ladies and gentlemen the evil that you've done? Yes, the evil that I've done is that uh, this week I didn't have a day I could get. I could have Nick visit me in Bath or get down to London. And so we are forced to record by the evil that is Skype in two different rooms for the very first time. It really is quite unpleasant. It doesn't feel Certainly good. Certainly not what Jesus would want. It doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't. I don't. I miss your face. I miss your face too. Oh. And I'm certainly not going to be using um, video conferencing because everybody's faces look wrong in video conferences, don't they? No, my face looks beautiful. N- nobody has ever looked nice on a video conference. Apart from me, I look. I look great. No, you don't. You look absolutely terrible. You look like a bloated freak. <laughs> and on a video conference. <laughs> this yeah. is episode 104, podcast at rumdoings.com. The topic at today. Rumdoings. Yeah, you see, this is what happens. <laughs> it's going to happen. And let, Nick, let's be honest. When is the, have we ever recorded a podcast where you don't just talk all over me? Yes. No. The, the topic is today. Yes. Those artificial food colorings. Mm hmm. That's the topic. That is the topic. Okay. So, what have you been up to? Well, you know. How about I, you? I I certainly haven't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good. Some weather, eh? Oh, I like all the droughting that's falling on my head yesterday, the wet droughting. <laughs> um, that's right. Mm. If it rains once, that means the drought is over, and mm. it's ludicrous to think there can be a drought once it's rained once. Yes, it, it is ludicrous. Though. It's such a soggy, wet island. It's just that your water companies are lazy. I, <laughs> I love the fact that you still... How many years have you lived here now? Twelfty. How many uh, how many nations on your passport? Twelfty. How many nations on your passport? Which passport? You only have one passport for the UK, right? I only have you... one that works, yes. Yes, exactly. So you're one of us now. You've been entirely assimilated. You, can st- <laughs> you have to stop saying you. You have to say we. We. we Otherwise we. you'll fail my citizenship te- test and I'll deport you. To where? If I only have one country, where will I be deported? The moon. Oh yes, that's wonderful. Um... So, that Rupert Murdoch, you've been watching him. I haven't had a chance to actually see him and his flitty son in action. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it was interesting, the stark difference between Murdoch Jr. and Murdoch Sr. Mm. Um, tell, tell me the impressions you've got watching, because I genuinely am interested, because I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I've only read the quite feeble reporting. I mean, I so, know he's been telling so many unbelievable lies, but of course nobody can quite say that. Yes, it's interesting. Although what I noticed the BBC were doing, um, which is quite clever, on their like their live text feed alongside the video, yes. rather than say things themselves, they would just repost p- people's tweets that said the stuff they clearly wanted to be able to say. Right. So yes. it, it, like their own reporters, like Robert Peston and Nick Robinson, were both Had making put... incredulous comments. Yeah. But then Andrew Neil was just contradicting everything Rupert Murdoch was saying, saying that's funny. When I was at the Sunday Times, he was, he was never on the he was never off the phone and stuff like that. What's extraordinary is that when Andrew Neil was at the Sunday Times, he was such a lucky, such a toady. He loved Rupert Mur- Murdoch and constantly reported on how much a wonderful man he was. Now, if you follow him on Twitter. <laughs> There, there is no 
no greater enemy of Rupert Murdoch. It's, it's amazing um, how Murdoch <laughs> leaves these once loyal people in such a fragile and uh, vengeful state. Yes, it's true, and it was really interesting. Again, more of the tweets they were retweeting, like former News of the World staff who were tweeting throughout this, um, who were, were not very happy, and they've been people who've been loyal to it. Apparently, I, this was more subtle. He was deliberately dropping uh, lots of people in it in a kind of more subtle ways than I was mm. noticing. But yeah, a lot of uh, ex staff were, were just feeling really, really uh, angry by the end of that. As mm. he, he announced that the News of the World cover up had been done without his knowledge. and Yeah, quite. Um, and it's, in, it's interesting that Mr. Hunt is still um, in his position. I mean, he should be in prison. Well, if he's guilty, that's the problem. We, you know, it, trusting... Well, I've, I've read the emails. The emails suggest to me he is guilty. Um, I'd yeah, love to see an interpretation of them that suggests he isn't. I mean, he's clearly not acting in his judicial capacity. But are they not emails from Rock Paper Shotgun's Adam Smith sent to um, Mr. French-sounding French name? Mm, there are all sorts of emails that don't make it look good for Mr. Hunt, I have to say. Well, it seems like, I mean, everyone's saying, how long can you hold on? And do you hold mm. on for a week in order to maintain some... It'll probably be 10 days or so. And then I, I really uh, hope he goes. And there'll be, what, I, what usually happens is they initially look like they'll be hanging on. And then the final nuclear revelation appears about a week or two later. And then he just goes. Yes, Robert Peston, um, who is quite the... Um, uh, what was it I was reading about him? He's problematic for some reason. I can't remember why now. His voice uh, is very problematic. No, Private Eye seemed to have a real issue with him about some mm. matter. I forget what. Is he compromised? I think he, he, they, I think he might be, but who cares? Right. He said, um, of course, the one reason why Cameron has to stand behind Hunt is because anything Hunt's done wrong, Cameron's done wrong manifold many more times. Well, yes, I mean, you must remember that Hunt is just a junior lackey yes. doing the things that Cameron wanted him to do. Um, Cameron is the biggest friend of the Murdochs, and when, yes. he was, when he was a PR agent for Carlton Television, he had extraordinary relationships with Murdoch at the time, um, great friends with uh, Rebecca Wade and so sexual, forth. Sexual relationships with Rupert Murdoch? I believe so, but uh, Rupert okay. Murdoch pr- pr- prefers children as, as as sexual partners, as far as I've heard, anyway. Um, so uh, I don't think that... Uh, you didn't want to leave it at uh, suggesting that the Prime Minister of Great Britain is having an affair with the most powerful media mogul in the world. That wasn't enough. No, I think that's un- it's unfair to make that sort of allegation. You won't, you won't allow that, lies on the... No, I won't allow lies like that. It's unfair. That's a scurrilous allegation to make, and it's clearly falsifiable by the fact that Mr Murdoch will not have relations except with underage children. Wendy is pretty young, that's true. Well, um, the thing is, he had to have Wendy operated on to make her look older than she is. <laughs> she's, she's actually only 11 now. It's, oh, goodness it, gracious me. You know, I mean, it's... And I've said this about the Murdoch family before. I'm yes, I know you have, at a great length. And notice, we haven't been sued. Which means well, it's that's true. because you very so cleverly escaped it at the end by saying that's what you would say if you wanted to be libelous. Yes, I love the fact that Mr. Murdoch's really upset about the way the press has been treating yes, him up late. They've been hounding him. Boo-hoo. He couldn't cross the street without a photograph being taken. I mean, to be so incredulous as to say that was was quite remarkable. Yes, I mean, I don't believe those who say he's basically senile because it's a very convenient. Oh no, no! But I very do... sharp. He, Mr. J, he plays the, it up. Uh, interrogator was didn't land a single punch murdoch was brilliant he was absolutely mm. brilliant on the stand yes and he um, also he, was, he knows how to play the kind of oh i'm a little old man thing when mm. he wants to 
mm-hmm. and then he gets his way with that, and then he throws in a sucker punch. So you know, let's let's not pretend that he doesn't know exactly what's going on. He knew exactly oh, yeah. what was going on in the news of the world as well, of course. Of but, course, uh, yeah. and he, he was very clever at the at the inquiry. He would do this these um, real power moves. Like he would be silent. He would answer a question very briefly, yeah, and then he would go silent for a very long time. And then mm. as soon as Mr. J thought that it was his turn to speak. He would start asking his next question. Murdoch would then carry on with his answer, and he did this over and over again. And Jay never got the hang of it. No. And it kept undermining him, and it kept wrong-footing him. Yeah, Jay I mean, was Murdoch's a rubbish. clever, calculating, eighty-one-year-old bastard. Yes, I think he's better than his son. Oh, his son! That's the thing. His son goes on, and Jay just bats him from paw to paw. It was yes. it was awful. And now, obviously, I do not recall. Obviously, James had been sent in to drop Hunt in it. That was the goal yes. of his his trip and he did a good job of that I yes mean, he did, he, but he didn't he do a good job of anything task. else no and he was he was measly and he was weasley and he 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 just looked pathetic mm. up there he in fact looked very disheveled as well you kind of got the impression that any second he was going to start crying and taking his clothes off <laughs> he was um yeah he's, it was it apparently was, he's it was not used brilliant. to answering to a higher authority he's used to getting no. his own way and he's got his own way throughout his life and nobody's ever questioned him so this is yeah, a very yeah. peculiar um, experience for him, but weirdly the same is true for Daddy Murdoch as well. I mean, who? Mm. When was the last time he? This year has been phenomenal for him. When was the last time he had to answer to anyone at all? Indeed, yeah. It's, um, it, it, and what was so fun was watching and where Jay went so wrong, and it was so obvious what they needed to do, and it was to keep antagonising him because as much as Levinson would have stepped in at certain points, mm. it, it, that it would still have worked. He just and every time he did antagonise Murdoch, Murdoch messed up. Um, so at one point, the, the biggest mistake Murdoch made, I thought, was uh, not when he snapped at Jay and, 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 and insulted him, which he didn't work. At one point he said, um, well, only mind like yours, or something. <laughs> and then immediately he went, whoa, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, I shouldn't have said that, and mm. back down. But he said at one point, uh, the NUJ president was uh, was interrogating him, which was a sight to see, you know, the president of NUJ interrogating Rupert Murdoch. It's like, wow, because um, there's no NUJ representatives at uh, the Sun or the Sun or the, or the Times. No. Um, and they would argue that because they've been handed out and Murdoch would has, uh, gave his side of the story. Um, but he was talking about one particular woman at the, uh, I think at the News of the World who had been bullied out of her job. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd been treated abysmally and had had a horrendous time and there was no one to turn to and um, Murdoch just snapped. Why, if she was having a bad time, why didn't she just resign? Right. And it was really it was the one time he his facade fell down. Right. And he he accidentally was himself. At which Levison jumped in and said, maybe because she needs a job. Hmm. Um. But it didn't. You know, Murdoch was like, well, if you don't like it, just resign. And it was just that that arrogance and that just, that hate for humans was suddenly apparent. Well, yes, and I mean that's. It's pretty obvious whenever anybody's ever had any relationship with these people, they don't actually have real friendships or loyalties. They're quite extraordinary the way that they are sort of medieval in the way that they act. You know, it's like, it's like court intrigue, isn't it? They have strategic alliances, but I don't believe that they have any friends, true friends or loyalties outside their own family. I believe the family are probably loyal to one another. I don't think the father, the son would ever stab the father in the back, so maybe he's not quite as uh, medieval. But I don't know. I mean, well, the son's too stupid. The daughter might, though. Yes, the daughter she, is. The, the son is thick. Yeah. Yeah. But the daughter. But the daughter may turn. Who knows? I mean, well, the daughter's just waiting for daddy to die, isn't she? Mm. That's what's happening there. Yeah. If only he would. Happy to be back in a recession. Oh, it's, it's delightful, isn't it? Everything's changed. 
Yes. I've had to the austerity measures I've brought in in my house have been. Have you noticed how America's now not only out of recession but its economy is back where it was before the crash? Is it? Yeah. How you do they how do all that? Those, all those austerity measures they they brought. Oh no, wait, they didn't do any. But I, what I don't understand at the moment is what the Conservative government will do next. I know, it's like, <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, we're now back in recession. There's been no significant growth in, at any point since you started these austerity measures. Poor people are a heck of a lot poorer. Um, f- food prices have gone up. Basic goods prices have gone up. Wages have stayed still. So mm. everyone is naturally poor as a result of this. There's no money going back into the economy because no one's got any money to spend. Let's carry on. Let's carry on with this plan because, I mean, I don't know anything about economics, but I do know if you're doing a thing that's making it worse, you tend to stop doing the Good thing. Good news, though. The Olympics. Yeah? Well, yes, the Olympics. So that's another £85 trillion pounds to, you know, not have. Will that, do you think, help the economy? There no, are debates I mean, it'll, it'll be a tourism boost for London, but I don't see how that will feed into the whole country. Yeah, but I don't care about the whole country. It's only oh, that's London a good that's point. Important. I forgot. Sorry, silly me. Yeah. Like. I'm not sure how it will benefit Bath's local economy. <laughs> well, I think a lot of tourists will be conned into visiting Bath for a weekend. Bath is a lovely place to visit. I highly recommend they do. Well, you, you've said that you don't want them to but actually no, visit the Baths because you say they're a waste of money. They're just a bit... It's a kind of... It's amazing that they're there, that these Roman uh, structures still exist. The one thing the Georgians didn't flatten. <laughs> um... They were swept through Bath, destroying anything that was old. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we, have, of course, have to preserve anything the Georgians built. And, oh, no, don't touch it, it's Georgian! <laughs> don't touch, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a pretty city. I think it's prettiness is, is the main reason. But don't come for more than a day, really. You've done Bath no. in half a day. And, and there are no decent hotels, so don't stay there overnight. No, there aren't. Not one, actually. No. no. It's a pity. You'd think that a pretty city would decide to create one decent hotel but they haven't managed to do that yet my parents stayed in one that was okay i think very expensive though yeah well they are very expensive yes they're very expensive people to keep (laughs) graceful how's dexter you see because i'm not in your environment i don't know how he is i don't know where he is he could be for all i know walking on top of the microphone at this very moment no he's pacing around because unfortunately we tried an experiment of uh-huh. giving him a bit of wet food every day as well as his dry food. <sighs> and oh now all he does is beg for food, and it's so tedious. Has the experiment concluded? No, well, I've got a, bought a box of these things, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> give them to him. And then when they're gone, he's going to have to complain at great length. Oh my goodness, he just he starts asking for food an hour after he's been fed now. And he's intolerable. And that's why I've broken his stupid little neck. Good. He can't be asking for food if he's dead. He still is. He's still still asking. The ghost of Dexter is still asking for ghost food. I was looking on, uh, flicking around YouTube, you know, jumping on from, you know, when the video ends, you see all these other pop videos pop up and you're intrigued by, Mm -hmm. is that a boob? And that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw a video about a cat that looked almost exactly the same as Dexter that had died. And it was a tribute video this girl had made with this sad plaintive song (laughs) playing in the background and these captions coming up explaining about how he was just in so much pain and he just, he had to go to sleep. It was brilliant. He had to go to sleep and then no punctuation, just capital F, forever. (laughs) Oh dear, he had to go to sleep forever. (laughs) So I showed it to Laura and she said that if I ever did that, she would divorce me. Well, that's fair enough, though. But it's also not going to be a problem with Dexter's being immortal, so it's not really a worry. Yeah, OK, let's talk hypothetically. 
Oh. Assuming Dexter were not immortal. Okay, well, in that hypothetical situation. In that hypothetical situation. Yes. Um, would you have a burial ceremony for him? <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't. So I'd take him to the vet and ask him to throw him in the ovens. Okay, so the so you take him to the vet, like and the, the, and the little vet says, Jew he is. Yeah, and the vet says we need to kill your cat. Yes, and you say because okay. he's a Jew. Okay, and they say and they say okay. <laughs> yes, and at that point they say, do you want the ashes to scatter all? No, over I your don't garden? want the ashes to scatter. Why not? Because it's just uh, just just dust, isn't it? it? Doesn't mean anything. Will you have Will you Will you have a poignant little moment? I'll probably I'll probably go into a sort of coma by his for about a year, I imagine, from which I'll eventually emerge and just live the rest of my life distraught and screaming. Won't you get a, a, an alternative kitten? A better yes, one, I imagine huh? I will. I very quickly probably would just replace him like the uh, uh, old <laughs> stuffed toy that he is to me. Let's go into a shop, find the one that looks similar, and hope I can trick myself. Or one that looks better. Let's be honest. I think you can do better next time. My dad did that once. I had this little. Um, Little, little. I'm so sorry. This little blue cat toy with a squeaky mm-hmm. tummy mm-hmm. called Tiddles. 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 And I loved Tiddles very, very much. And then one day Tiddles' squeak broke. He just wheezed and sort of squeaked, <laughs> um, which is quite sad. And so my dad thought what he would do is something very, very kind. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to remember how, how he was, his intentions were purely good. He went out and bought another one of the same toy and switched them out and said, look, Tiddle's squeak is working again. <laughs> right. And I, was, I just looked and went, what are you doing? You, you know, if I, if I had the C word to, in my vocabulary at that age, it would have come out at that point. Oh, this, dear. this is not Tiddle's. What are you doing? And it was like my dad was lying to me and he'd cruelly taken away the toy that I loved to replace it with this imposter. It must have felt like a Philip K. Dick moment. <laughs> it was. It really was. Yeah. It was horrible. And my Who dad came... You? My dad came clean and he brought, reproduced the real Tiddles and the other one was given a new name and was never never loved or played with properly. <laughs> the imposter yes. Tiddle. But it was, it was such a disturbing moment because I couldn't see how it was anything other yeah. than a malevolent act on my father's and part. Now, and now, because of what you did to Biddles... Tiddles? No, oh, Tiddles you mean Biddles. Biddles. Biddles, yes. Biddles grew up to be bitter and twisted That's and right. shot 72 Norwegians. That's correct. Bittlesburg. Yes, I hope you're happy. <laughs> yes, I'm very happy that we're now making jokes about that. That's what I'm most happy about. Good. Well, it was quite funny, though, wasn't it? Oh, it was a, it was a, a, a romp, I yeah, believe is the correct term. What, what I find interesting, though, is they are deciding whether he's insane or not. Yes. Okay. And he says no court. And he says no court will ever fi- oh, yeah. Sorry, I talked all over you. You're so evil. He I said am. you're as evil as Biddles. He said <laughs> no court will ever find me insane. He says, um, and that may be true. But if he's not insane, yes, what is he? And what is sanity? Ooh, what an excellent question. Because I mean, if it's not insane to suddenly go on a rampage and yes. shoot lots of people for bizarre and unjustified reasons, yep. then I don't know what insane is. <laughs> so if they find him, if they find him sane, are they just going to go? Well, fine. It was a perfectly rational act. Off well, you go. It was a perfectly rational act that you shouldn't have done, but that's fine. <laughs> it, it, and it does bring into question the whole purpose of courts and punishment and so on. Because 
I would suggest that any massively sociopathic or psychopathic act is by definition insane. And if you claim it's not insane, then you're claiming it's normal behavior that nevertheless needs to be punished. I find is that it... a bit, bit paradoxical. Well, don't court set precedent. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously... So, what, what no, I'm just do... saying, if it's they find him sane, then that's the precedent set. So, yes, but in that case, he is sane and evil. It's perfectly sane to go and murder as many people as you want. Well, yes, and that's, that's far more problematic when you bring out the word evil, isn't it? Well, what, uh, if he's sane and he's not evil, then what is he? Yes, well, I would, that's why I think really why that's the argument for the fact that he's not sane. Yeah, I can't think of him as sane. And but... yet, that then suggests that... How extraordinary does your crime have to be before you decide that the person isn't sane? Um, for example, if he just murdered one person because he was at the end of his tether with them, mm-hmm. would that be a sane act? Oh, no, I don't think it is. It's not a sane act, is it? I don't think necessarily... Is the act, is the act defining of your entirety? No. So well, I don't think he is of sound mind. I don't think that sound minds do what he did. No, indeed. And I, I can see why a sound mind can be driven to the point of what I would call an insane moment of murdering someone. Well, of course, and, then and they that's can always continue no, to be sound of, afterwards. Crimes of passion and all that kind of thing, like yes. the woman who shoots her abusive husband. Yes, absolutely. Kind of um, but with, with Brevik, he was... Um, uh, yeah, he's... Have you, have you read his manifesto? No, I haven't yet. I've scanned it for work, for, for, for work when I was... I read every reference to video games and any, anything alluding to that, and then... And all the stuff about guns and how he acquired all his weapons. So I read a, you know, a mm. significant proportion of it, skipping over most of the stuff he'd plagiarised, yeah. which is the huge bulk of it. Um, but the stuff that was personal diary entries, and I read all this f- for, for an article I was writing. And it's not a very pleasant experience, and I recommend that most people just don't read it because it's not very nice and brain to be inside for a while. Mm. Um, but yes, it's, it's just reading that, you get a very strong impression that he's not you know, quite together. But how could it be? But also, they, what the courts do, and usually the president, they said, is a crime of passion, a moment of insanity, as you say. They define it something like this. They say, if you react to something, you pick up the gun and you shoot somebody immediately, that mm-hmm. could be a crime of passion. However, if you pick up the gun and have to take off the safety, right. that moment should give you pause, and then it's less likely to be a crime of passion. It's the immediate reaction of it to the provocation. Um, yes, doesn't okay. mean that you'll not be guilty, but you there may be mitigating circumstances and so on. But that is a problem because it suggests that merely because you premeditate something, you are more sane. And if we go back to our um, yes, indeed, if you go back to your, your abused woman, she made the only way out of her situation maybe to kill her husband, but you know, in her perception of things hmm. um, so that would be premeditated and planned so but then when you look at Brevik and the fact the fact that he planned is quite, probably a lot of evidence for his insanity uh, yeah exactly and but yeah. the problem is then that brings into question can anyone who commits a terrible crime be considered sane I don't know I don't know the answer it, it was Adolf Hitler sane was Stalin sane I don't think yes. they were. What would you say? What's your answer? I don't think they were sane. No, I, I would. I mean, my, if, my instinctive reaction is to say, no, they weren't sane. They, they, their behaviour was, was beyond irrational. But you see, that's why it's easier for me, because I don't really believe in punishment for punishment's sake. No, I mean, no, me neither, certainly And not. if you don't believe in punishment or retribution, per se, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about such things, because you just want to deal with 
the people as whether they're going to be continuing dangers to society or not, and if there's a way you can make them be less dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's all, all you have to do. And to also encourage others, perhaps, not to be dangerous. But that's more for things that are not to do with... So, and funnily enough, that works the kind of the... The, the, a way of punishing in order that you discourage people from committing the same crime that works for crimes that are more based on the edges of sanity or where you clearly aren't insane you people for example who refuse to pay parking fines who are then right. given bigger parking fines and that kind of thing that kind of works because you realize that um the the longer you take to pay your parking fine, the more you're going to have to pay, so you pay sooner and you don't appeal and that sort of thing. So that works in a very, say, utilitarian sort of way. Right. Perhaps if there's... Op- you might say that opportunist theft is not an insane act in a society that makes such materials available constantly and is constantly promoting the uh, utility of having such materials. So right, you know, okay. if you walk by, you see there's a, a car that's open, you walk inside, you take the item, you think you're not hurting anybody. So then society will say, well, actually, we're going to make that decision a more expensive one because you then have to worry about being caught. And if you are caught, then X happens and Y happens and so on. Okay. Whereas, whereas to say, if you go around and shoot 50 people, we'll put you in prison. I don't think that's going to put you off shooting people if you're the sort of person who wants to go and shoot 50 people. No, well, you know who called the police on Brevik? Well, I assume it was him. Yeah, he did. Hmm. Yeah, so going to prison was never a problem for him. In fact, he was planning to get gunned down. Well, quite. Most of these people do. Yes. They want to be martyrs in hmm. some way or the other. And that's the problem, in that the um, criminal justice system doesn't really know what to do with such people, really. Yes. And I suppose that's the appeal of some people for capital punishment because it's such a simple answer yes. we, we'll just we'll, we, we won't think about the problem we'll just deal with it and throw it in the bin it sure makes the problem go away well yeah and um, so yeah it's true and well you were saying before about being a, living in a medieval way the mm. a retribution based criminal justice system is such a archaic idea but retribution is considered one of the established and accepted pillars of the justice system it's not something that is argued away or suggested is not a function of the justice system. It's mm-hmm. not considered the sole function, but even today, jurisprudentially, retribution is considered one of the aspects that should be used and encouraged. What does your dad think about that? I'm not sure entirely. I think he thinks of it probably in a more societal sense in that he will think, well, yes, if... if if retribution to a degree is something that society demands for particular sorts of crimes, then it's the law's job to do that in as civilised a manner as it can, I would guess. We should probably explain that your dad is a murderer. Yeah, exactly. So what one... So, you know, and, and I, what I would think about that is, I suppose, it's a bit like football, isn't it? In that you say, well, you can't get rid of people's desires to be tribal, so let's channel them as cleanly and with as less uh, as, as little damage as possible and similarly we can't get rid of people's desire for retribution so let's try and do it in a way that's as fair and measured as possible through the legal system because if the legal system doesn't do it and is not seen to do it then you're going to yeah. have lynch mobs yes although and, I'd like to maybe see... and you could wish away the lynch mobs but you might say well no you can't it's the human condition 
Can you can you think long term, generationally, and remove it as from as a social norm? No, I think it's probably hard baked into us to a degree. If you look at the way that chimps react when they when one part of the troop thinks they've been slighted by another part of the troop, it it's quite brutal. I think there is something animal in us that we react, and and you would as well. You know very well that if if somebody, for example, um, squirted Laura with a water pistol, you would probably brutally murder them immediately. (laughs) Absolutely, and and, and no court in the land would would find me guilty. No, exactly. Because I'm quick. Um, uh, Talking, you've you've reminded me of the... uh, I want to tell you about the situation with our car. We got bumped into a few months ago. Uh, um, somebody re- gave your car a kiss a little special kiss in the in the driver's side door mm. um, I was reversing into a parking space on a street uh, mm-hmm. on, on a two way road and this car came reversing from in the wrong lane of traffic into trying to get into the same space after we were pulling into it and mm-hmm. hit us in the side of the car mm-hmm. um, which was a confusing thing to have done um, mm-hmm. why have you it, suddenly gone weirdly disappearing in your voice I was removing Dexter from the desk don't do that um, so, so yeah, so we're just reversing into this spot, and 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 uh, there was, you know, it was quite, I was going very slowly. It was a tight spot to get into, and then suddenly this car just thumps into the side of us. Now, the fact that it hit the side of our car means there's no ambiguity about the fact that we were already halfway into the space when they hit us. No, and I remember you told me about this over lunch, but not on the podcast, I believe. Ah, so, um, yeah. so there's no ambiguity, and no. the guy got out the car, and he was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I can't mm. believe I did that. I didn't see you. I don't know how I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry." And so on. And we said, "Okay, that's no problem at all. Uh, let's swap details." Um, at first. I was like, I got out the car, and you know, my my initial reaction was this: is why you reminded me of it was that Laura. I was like, you endangered Laura. Yeah. And so my initial reaction was to go, go, what the hell were you doing? And so I kind of, I, I think that's what I, I shouted at him: what, what the hell did, were you doing? Like, why on earth would you ram into my car? Mm. You know, admittedly, hitting my side rather than hers. But um, and anyway, I very quickly calmed down and, and was very polite to the guy, and I said, look, you know, do you accept full liability for this? And he goes, of course, of course, I do. It's absolutely my fault. It's no question. Yes, of course. So they're great, and then so of course we go through the insurers and tell them all this, and then of course it comes back with a claim that it was uh, he's claiming um, that it was our fault. It was well, okay. How could it be your fault? That's the thing. He he said it was our fault because what we did is we saw him trying to reverse into the space, mm-hmm. and then inc- drove incredibly quickly, and then reversed as fast as we could to get in there before him. R- okay, while was he was it. in reversal. Yes. Now, the fact that I was in the uh, my car was facing with the lane of like, with you the would have needed to have teleported your car in to do it. Yes, that way. absolutely. There was no possible way it could happen. Mm. Um, but I just, what is it in someone's head that goes? Actually, I'm going to lie now. Rather well, what it is have... is that they don't want their insurance policy to suddenly go up massively because they admit liability yes. and probably loses insurance. Or it's just utilitarian. Just loses, just loses no claims bonus. That's all he's going to lose. That's what's so frustrating. He's going to have a, a loss of a no claims bonus. Mm. Um, what so, sort of so car he, was he driving? So, oh, um, I don't remember. I don't believe it was an Audi or a BMW, though. Oh no! If it had been an Audi or BMW, they wouldn't have admitted anything on site either. They would have no, probably that's true. shot they you. They probably would just punch me in the eye. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, uh, so I'm like, Laura's like, oh, they just want to settle fit. The lawyers are saying, the insurers are saying, let's just go fifty-fifty and be done with it. And I was like, mm. absolutely flipping no way. I'm not losing our no claims. I'm not paying a penny for no. having been driven into. And so it then goes, they're going to take us to court over it. <laughs> Are they going to take you to court, really? Um, yeah, so we've been we've, we've just oh, been sent, sent the letters through for witness statements. And I said to Laura all the way through this, um, this is, we're never going to go to court, you know. This is just, they are trying to scare us into paying 
They yeah. don't want the insurance company doesn't want to pay out, mm. and they're just trying to scare us. In it. And I was like, "Oh no, no, no! I don't want to do this. Oh dear me! Mm. Uh, this is too much faff. This is too fussing." And I still don't think you'll go to court. Well, no, India, absolutely not. They, they, uh, we were just, we just been sent the witness statements, and I just like the day before said to Laura, "Any day now, they're going to back down. This is just a big attempt to scare us off." And the phone mm. rings, and it's them, and they announce that um, this is so great. They're going to pay a hundred percent of the mm-hmm. damages. That's we're nice. not going to lose our no claims. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to pay for all of our the other insurers are going to pay for everything to be fixed but they're not going to accept liability <laughs> <laughs> that's an available option apparently so everybody wins <laughs> isn't that weird I wonder what that does to the statistics <laughs> but if you can do that you can never accept liability but you'll, you'll pay uh, for everything and oh, it's just so silly that seems very strange to me I don't know how you can do that no, but we were. They tried to bully us in every direction, and our own insurers were like, "Capitulate, capitulate!" And we kept saying, "No, we didn't do anything. I'm not going to do this because I didn't do anything wrong." And I was, gl- I would gladly go yeah. to court and say, you know, I'd had a mechanic look at the door and, the, and a mechanic say, "There's no way that you were that you were at fault. All the evidence, you know, the dent is. The, the other thing is that there's no scratch marks. It's just a dent because we were going so slowly when they hit us. Yeah. There's no evidence of you know there would be scrapes and all sorts if I'd been speeding in behind him. Mm-hmm. So I thought court might have been just quite fun. Well, I would have gone to it. I mean, we took we took our um, landlady to court. Oh yes, um, because she wouldn't give us back our deposit, and we won everything. And she was basic. The the the, the judge basically said that she was a liar, and mm-hmm. and that was fine. So you know, I don't think one should be scared at one stage. Oh, court. No. If one is sure that one is in the right and one can be a credible witness, then you'll win. I would have only been disappointed when there wasn't a jury. <laughs> Yes. You want to grandstand in front of the jury like Columbo. <laughs> Twelve good men and true. And yeah. just men, mind. Just men. No. Well, well, ladies can't be good or true, can they? Well, exactly. They get all confused. Yes, or they can't recall things. <laughs> That's right, because they'll have been thinking about something else. Doilies. Washing up. That must mean that uh, James Murdoch's a lady. He is a lady, because he can't recall anything. No, he does have the world's most annoying voice. I will give you that. I don't think it's the worst and mo- world's worst. Name one more annoying voice than James Murdoch's. Victoria Wood. Mm. I, heard, I heard her doing an advert the other day for Dyson vacuum cleaners. Oh, she does adverts for lots of things. She was doing an yes. advert for Tesco as well, really. And what was she saying about the vacuum cleaner? Ew, she was saying they're all Dyson. magic and lovely. <laughs> it sucks up. It sucks up the dirt. Isn't she lovely? She's a national treasure. She really is, isn't she? I imagine that one one Christmas special a year isn't enough to uh, keep no. her going anymore, to keep her into the life. And all the royalties uh, and back payments from all the things that are being played on all the channels all the time. Yes, you know, I, but I'm assuming ladies. those payments aren't enormous, and she's presumably used to a lifestyle that was paid for, funded by yeah. not only being married to the great Soprendo, but if also... Biff, buff, poof. But also having, you know, regular income from br- ma- massive TV shows. And she's mm. down to repeat fees and uh, one-off specials. I imagine she needs to make her fortune elsewhere. And where else than to sell your soul by yeah. hawking other people's products? Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, she seems to be well-trained at being a dinner lady or some sort of, you know, she could go do that as a job. I, I don't, do you reckon she's at all heard of in the US at all? Oh, I, don't, I doubt it very much. I don't think so. One of those people who, you mentioned her name here, I think probably 0.01% of the US population might know of her, and that's probably being generous. I can't think of anything, any of her rubbish that even would have made it onto PBS. Shall we try it? 
Victoria Wood. Victoria, Victoria Wood. Wood. Now, if you're a US listener and you've ever heard of her, mail podcast at rumdoings.com and tell us. But no pretending. You have to prove you've heard of her by saying something that you can't find out on the internet by looking her up. <laughs> oh, something interesting <laughs> happened yesterday. I was, yes. in the o- I was in the office late and the general phone rang and I never answered the general phone but I thought, oh well, I might as well just this once. I'm imagining I'll... a phone in a green jacket with buttons and badges <laughs> yeah, and medals. So I, so I answered it and the uh, person on it was fair, perfectly affable and asked how to sign up for a new shared hosting account and how it could be assumed under the same details and I gave them the information, I pointed them to the form and they said, oh hi, is that Nick? Yeah, I, I listened to your podcast run doings. Oh wow! And great fan of your work and all that kind of it was one of those moments so i got very bashful and that kind of thing i won't mention his name in case he doesn't want to be mentioned on on, yes. on on the air but it was it was quite an amusing moment that i should never answer the phone and the one time i do it's to uh, a gentleman who recognized my voice so how I, lovely it was lovely but i acted i started i started being quite self-conscious mm-hmm. on the phone at that point you know and then you can't kind of back out of being self-conscious because when you try and think of something naturalistic to do that itself is self-conscious <laughs> and then it starts becoming a, a recurrence you start of pulling one arm behind your head and <laughs> yes <laughs> so i'll just apologize on air for any awkwardness it wasn't that i was being being nasty or thought he was weird it was just uh it was just the moment was difficult was was difficult to rearrange the furniture <laughs> of if you see what I mean. I do. I found that in those situations, um, the best the, the best approach I've ha- have for it is just to be very grateful because oh, I am. Okay. So yes, I just express that. So I just go thank wow thank you and I just kind of yeah. that, that and that's the yeah. the way I can protect myself from then going all weird about it. Yeah, so if I just kind of express the, my gratitude that that someone would say something nice and. Oh, actually, since since we're on, I might as well do some um, free plugging for myself. Yes. Um, if anybody's listening to this and they live in the Cambridgeshire area and they want a junior sysadmin position with lots of Linuxy stuff, then you know, email podcast at rumdoings dot com with your CV and we'll interview you. We have a position. I, I will interview you. <laughs> yeah, John will interview you. It's for for my, uh, you know, the hosting company. So you know, I'll say, if you, do if, you if you prefer Vi or the other e- one? Emacs. <laughs> Emacs. Emacs, John. that's yeah. it. If you, if you want to have the power to um, erase all of Rock Paper Shotgun's hard drives, join today. Yes. Yeah. Which is better, Debian or Red Hat? Uh, Do you like the way De- all my questions are from 1998? <laughs> yes, I love your questions. <laughs> when you read a punch card, <laughs> is the parity bit the hole on the left or the right of the card? Well, I just reminded myself by laughing loudly. Uh, Laura's, been, Laura's finally listening to some rum doings. She suddenly she, remembered that she's she doesn't listen to rum doings anymore. No, she says she doesn't need to because she snared you. She doesn't need to because she gets to listen to half of rum doings all the time. Um, <laughs> Poor I think girl. would be her logic. But she's been listening to the last few episodes recently, and she played me a bit of us that mm-hmm. keeps making. She keeps listening to because it keeps making her laugh. Which is when um, you said uh, we were talking about uh, hydrogen-based robots. Uh-huh. And I was asked what happens if they bang into each other And you said, oh, the humanity in a robot voice And every time Laura <laughs> listens to it, she can't stop laughing So there you go uh, Why has she suddenly started listening again? I don't What's know wrong? What went I th- wrong? I don't, maybe, maybe I hadn't been annoying her enough And so she had to find another source <laughs> Yes, a concentrated source of John annoyance 
it is very strange because when she gets back from work, she has her headphones in her ears and she'll say, oh, I'm already listening to you. Apparently, Victoria was playing the podcast in the car with Judith in the car. Oh, yes. And then she switched, she switched it off. And Judith said, no, no, I want more daddy radio. Wow, that's so, brilliant. So there you are. Daddy, this is now called Daddy Radio. Daddy Radio. Um, my niece and, niece and nephew uh, apparently now have a photograph of Laura and, my, and me on their um, bedroom walls. Because they, they requested you. this. They have a shrine. They, do, they have a little shrine. Apparently Sarah, who is three, mm-hmm. um, was cuddling a photograph of Laura and me. I won't make the obvious jokes. Ah, thank you. And so yeah, that's how adored we are by young people. We are. We're adored. This podcast by... is probably that my sister should play them. This podcast. We're adored by all the young people. That's right. We're we're like the Pied Piper of podcasts. <laughs> that's true. Does that mean we're going to drown every? Follow, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fo- all our listeners are going to follow us into the river. Yes. <laughs> that's lovely. That's how have you found this experience as we as we wind down as we come into land? Fraught. It's not been as bad as I feared, but I don't feel like it's had the same dynamic. No, and, you know, we haven't had lunch. That's true. We haven't had lunch. We haven't had a drink. Haven't had a drink. We haven't been able to sneer at one another visually. You haven't caught me yawning. Did you yawn? My yawning. Did you yawn? Well, I decided me, actually. Tough. Did you you yawn? You didn't catch me, comma, yawning. Um, uh, so I, I, I yawned once, and I, and you didn't, you weren't able to ask if I was bored, if, I, if were, you were boring me. Were, 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 was I boring you? Yes, at that point? you were at that point. You were boring me. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, I just feel like you know this is no substitute for the real thing. It's methadone. It's exactly as methadone. In I that still it's a feel slightly like more all... dangerous drug, which is supposed to make you give up the slightly less dangerous drug. I've got a, a. I'm concerned that a lot of our listeners will cut this episode with other episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or worse, no, that's fine. But they'll cut this episode with inferior podcasts. I'm concerned they're going to start chipping on regular podcasts. See, I meant chipping the first time. I screwed up my drug language. That's oh, a you're cut. so square, Daddy. And I meant chipping. Chipping is my cool word that I know. Um, because when I was working in a homeless shelter for a while, because uh, it was mostly frequented by heroin addicts, they would all be chipping their meth scripts with heroin. Oh, right. Well, that's fair enough. Um, that's uh, the appa- term used. App- apparently, methadone is not really a very good drug to use. It's Apparently, it, it's worse oh, than it's the drugs. Oh, it's far, far more difficult to come off than heroin. Yeah, heroin's yes. one of the easiest drugs to come off. Yeah, and in, um, the old days, yeah. it, in the old days, it used to be that your doctor would just prescribe you a pure form of heroin and then slowly reduce the dose, but then right. moral hysteria happened, and for some reason they said, no, you need to use another drug that's worse than heroin in most ways instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, oh, okay then. And since they're all chipping, they're all, how, what do I sound like? But, you know, since most addicts are, will be chipping no, with they genuine all are. heroin Every anyway, they're is. now taking heroin and methadone together. Mm. Um, is the no- is the norm for people on the meth script because you if you're homeless, I mean, if you're if you've put your life re- if your life is really being put back together, then maybe I can see the logic of it. But if you're living on the streets, you don't really have a good incentive. Would you call that um, a methoin cocktail or a heridone cocktail? Heridone sounds way better. Heridone cocktail. Okay. Um. Yes. Good. So, yeah. So. Good. Uh, yeah. Let's end this awkwardly. Oh. oh yes. Oh, I don't know. oh. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. After you. Um. um what? Um, um, yeah.